Good morning, everyone. It's good to see all of you that are here. We still have some working their way in from the narthex, and maybe some of you at home, someone's still, you know, in the bathroom or something, just tell them they got a minute. I'm going to stall for a second. I want to welcome you to North Avenue Church of God. And things are going to look a little bit different this morning. A few weeks ago, some of our lay leadership came to me and asked if they could do a Pastor's Appreciation Sunday. And of course, I'm like, well, what does that mean? They said, well, we want to take over and do everything so that you and the staff can just come and worship and enjoy. And that's exactly what we did this morning. I actually waited at home and came with my family, uh, almost making me late because that's what Tori deals with every single Sunday morning. So I got a little piece of that, but it was a wonderful gift to not have to fret all night about what's happening today, just to be able to get up and come and enjoy worship, as many of you are able to do. And so I very much appreciate those that have um, kind of worked hard this week to make that happen. Also, very quickly, just want to mention, some of you have been calling and asking about some of the things that are happening in Calhoun County. I know that uh, COVID is kind of making a resurgence here. There's, you know, we're kind of in the red. We understand that. We know that. We have not made any decisions to change We are already taking a lot of precautions. We've been trying to be very faithful to do that. And so we appreciate those of you that are towing the line and doing what we ask you to do as you come together. So from this point, we are still planning on meeting and and worshiping together for those that are able and willing to do that. So just to let you know, we're keeping an eye on it. We will continue to take precautions. But at this time, we're going to keep on meeting. And we're going to trust that that, uh, if the time comes that we need to do that, that we'll be able to go right through it just like we did the last time. So we're going to keep on going. Amen. I don't want to miss I don't want to miss seeing your lovely faces on Sunday morning anymore. I mean, preaching to a uh, to a camera is is good, but preaching to live people's way better. So, let's pray together and we get started. Father, we thank you this morning that we can come together and worship. Lord, it's a, a different group of people that are leading worship this morning. And Father, I am excited about that because this morning in first service, they did such a great job. And, and Lord, when, when sometimes when things change just a little bit, it, it attunes us a little bit more to hear your voice and, and maybe to experience things that we don't normally experience. And I pray that you would open the hearts and minds now of every person who's here, that you might be able to do the work that you need to do in them. Father, just guide the worship team and, and help them and build them up as they lead us to your throne of grace. And we give this day to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hi, North Ave. I just wanted to take a moment to thank Pastor Jeff for his dedication to our congregation. Hi, North Ave. I just wanted to take a moment to thank Pastor Jeff for his dedication to our congregation during this wonderful year of 2020. Um, he has definitely shown some great leadership and flexibility, and his willingness to just step in and get things done while making sure that the congregation is safe mentally, spiritually, physically, um, has really shown how much he loves all of us. Um, and I just, I can't say enough good things about him. So happy pastoral appreciation month. Uh, you guys definitely deserve the recognition and I hope you have a great weekend. Thanks again. We're so blessed with the leaders of this church and their willingness to pour into us each Sunday um, because they understand that although we are coming to a building or we're staying at home, that we're all the body of Christ. Um, And there's a difference between a church little C and the church big C. Um, They're always willing to pour into us so we can move the kingdom of God forward. Uh, And that's what we're going to start singing about today. So if you want to stand up with us, we're going to sing a rowdy song. (laughs) 
our streets and land, set your church on fire, win this nation back, change the atmosphere, build your kingdom here, we pray. Take a few minutes and in a COVID-friendly manner, greet your person next to you. You can have a seat. Well, hello, family and friends at North Avenue Church of God. This is Nola Fry, and I'm coming to you from sunny, warm Florida. And I have the pleasure today to lift up and praise Pastor Tia Haracus, my crazy kayak buddy, my fellow nurse. Um, I just love her. Um, for those that you may not know, Pastor Tia, she is our volunteer parish nurse, and she does an awesome job. She's been such a great help to not only my family, but many family members of our church. She answers medical questions, helps them with their medications. She lets them know about resources that are available for medical equipment. And actually, um, she has arranged uh, medical equipment that people can check out, like walkers, shower chairs, um, anything like that for you. So if you have any need like that, feel free to, out, uh, to reach out to Pastor Tia. She is also super committed to sharing God's love in her outreach ministries, which she has many of. She leads a jail ministry for the women of our community. Um, she also is involved and is the champion to our uh, Belize mission. Um, she also is uh, the lead on our uh, blood drives at the church, where she has um, actually helped the youth and been an example for volunteerism and um, had actually gotten a few of them um, scholarships from the Red Cross. Um, there are so many more things that she does for our church, and we just like to take this time right now to thank Pastor Tia. We, we just love you, and we thank you for your dedication and love. Thank you. Pastor Chris, thank you. I appreciate you so much. You have been a huge support to my family over the last year and a half's journey. Not only have you helped us through your worship to soar to the heavens, you've brought us to our knees. But even more than that, you gave me my fight song. And my fight song was based on the king using the melody as a weapon to win a battle. And you have helped me be able to win my battle. In 2 Corinthians verse 20 to 21, it says, After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. At the very moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies to start fighting amongst themselves. Chris, when you offered to sit on the end of that gurney and sing me back to surgery, it meant so much to me and my family. And I will always love you for that. So thank you. And then on a lighter note,
Chris and I both love bad jokes. So Chris, I have to end this with a joke. Why do people have to be quiet in church? Because people are sleeping. Love you, Chris. As we celebrate our pastors today and how thankful we are for them and uh, all the things that they do for filling in us, we also want to help fill into them today. So as we worship, if you feel like you want to raise your hand, do that. If you feel like you need to stand up, do that. If you feel like you need to kneel uh, in a reverence for our king, do that. Um, join us as we worship today. How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night. Then through the darkness, your loving kindness Tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished. The end is written. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Who could imagine so great a mercy? What heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. The cross is spoken, I am forgiven. The King of kings calls me his own.
service until Wednesday. And that seems kind of like late. It is late. Um, Two to three weeks ago, we started planning this service. And this week, I was like, I don't want to put in a new song. I was saying that to God, and um, he doesn't like that answer. So he kept putting that song in my head anyway. And on Wednesday, I notified the band, hey, we're doing a different song here. Um, So if this song is for you, Um, or someone in the first service, or someone watching online, Uh, God hears you, and he sees you, and he knows what's going on, and he wants you to know that you are no longer a slave to any fear that's over us right now. You can join us in worship today. And you unravel me with a melody you surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies until all my fears are gone and I'm no longer a slave to fear for I am a child of God And I'm no longer a slave to fear, for I am a child of God. And you unravel me with a melody, you surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies. Until all my fears are gone And I'm no longer a slave to fear For I am a child of God And I'm no longer a slave to fear For I am a child of God He's chosen 
chosen us from the beginning. Hallelujah. From my mother's womb, you have chosen me. Your love has called my name. And I've been born again to your family. Your blood flows through my veins. And I'm no longer a slave to fear. For I am a child of God. And I'm no longer a slave to fear. For I am a child of God. take a seat this morning. Thank you for doing everything you do for the children's ministry. We love you, Pastor Rob. Love you. Say hi. Bye. 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 Say thank you, Pastor Rob. Say thank you, Pastor Rob. Thanks. Bye. I got to work with Pastor Brian because um, I helped with the students last year. Um, and I really got to know him and Cassie and their sweet family. Um, they love the Lord. They love students. They interact with them so well, so easily, so um, unpretentious. I mean, they're just real with the kids. Brian has such a great way of speaking life into the kids, helping them to really understand what it means to walk with the Lord, what it means to lean on Him, and to how to um, put that into practice with school and the pressures that go along with just living in this world and this culture. Um, I love that Cassie is loves to work with him as well and loves the kids. She really, really 
relates to the kids really, really well. And I know she's um, busy raising their family now, but I can't wait to see um, them as the years go on and, and how their teamwork, I feel, is just going to be an amazing thing for the, um, the youth of our church and um, our students. Um, I also love how he's always willing to just step in and lead worship um, and help whether it's Wednesday with Pat or um, leading a song during Sunday mornings. I love his talent and um, his abilities that way as well. I just, I'm really excited to have him here. I, I, I love how they, I'm saying I love a lot, but I do. I love the way that they just like fell in love with our church. We fell in love with them, but I just, I love how they feel at home here. And um, they're just excited to raise their family here and just to, to, to do ministry with us here at North Avenue. Um, I can't wait to see what the next um, years look like. I'm super thankful for Pastor Brian, Anna Cassie, and their sweet family. Father God, as we surround our leaders today with love and showing the affection and the gratitude that we have for them. I pray that you would fill all of us with the Holy Spirit, that you would speak into their lives the truth that you have for them as they continue down this path that you've called them to. I pray that as we um, follow after the path that you are leading them on, Father God, that, that we can just build your church, that we can build each other up, that we can go out and reach the people who you've called us to reach, someone specific in our own lives right now. I know, Father God, that you're leading us, and I just pray that you would continue to do so. Father God, also as um, Aaron comes to share a song and as Pat shares the message, I pray that it would speak right to our hearts like an arrow. You are an amazing God, and we worship you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. First service, I, I said, I told this story. Every time I'm supposed to sing in church, I never know what song it's going to be. Um, I have binders just full of CDs, and, and I'm going to give away part of my age here. I also have cassette tapes. <laughs> so um, I always just wait for one to jump out. And I asked Kira to help me sing so, so I could get another opinion. And this song jumped out to both of us. So this morning I'm trying to figure out maybe why. And then it occurred to me that as parents, leaders of a family, we model the behavior for our children. Well, as leaders of the church, Jeff and Chris and Tia and, and Rob, all of you, you model Christian faith and you model the walk. And this one really kind of speaks to me about modeling prayer for those around us. As a parent, it's been kind of difficult for me to explain the um, no answer to prayer or not yet or, well, no, not that way, but I'm going to do it this way. It's really hard sometimes to explain that. So, but prayer is amazing, and that's what this song is all about. Thank you. 
When I think about Mary Harakis, a few words um, immediately come to mind for me. Um, words like little, small, uh, petite. Uh, I mean, let's face it, Mary's, Mary's five foot nothing. When she speaks, she speaks in a very soft, small voice. And if you've ever received a note from Mary, you can attest that she has the smallest handwriting I've ever seen. Um, so those are the kind of words that immediately come to mind for me. But when I think about it just a little longer, I start to think about things like her faith and her commitment to this church and this congregation. And then there, there isn't a word big enough to describe Mary. Giant isn't big enough. Um, as our executive pastor, Mary keeps this church running with everything administrative behind the scenes. She attends all the board meetings. She attends all the budget meetings and oversees the budget. She is the authority on our church history and our bylaws. Um, she visits the elderly and the sick, and she does all of these things without taking a salary. Mary probably does more volunteering for this church than most people do in a 40-hour work week in their normal everyday job. So for me, I, I'm grateful and blessed to know Mary, and I, I think I speak for the entire congregation when I say, um, just we are so appreciative for the things that you do. Uh, so many thanks for all that you do behind the scenes. Um, we, we love you, Mary. Got a little more intro the first service, the music played a little bit longer, so. Anyway, I'm Pat Gilbert. I'm the, currently the chair of the board here at North Avenue. We decided to give the uh, pastors a day off. We drew straws, and you saw what straw I drew. So, well, we, we wanted to give an opportunity to pastors to just sit in a service and not have to lead, not have to have those commitments today, and just to worship and just be today, not lead today. And I thought it was appropriate to talk about the church today. And what the church means and what it's meant through history and this great institution that God developed. He had a plan that this church would carry out his words, his mission for all of us. In Matthew 16th chapter and 18th verse, it says, I tell you, Jesus speaking, you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. This church has lasted the test of time, and it will last all the test of time. It's here for us. But the church is not the building. We've heard that said. It's the people inside the building. But I'm going to challenge that even today. It's not the building. That's 100% true. But I don't believe it's the people inside the building either. I believe it's the people inside the building who are willing to let God lead them to do his work in them. That's the church. Because we can gather, we gather for many different things, but this gathering is special, this gathering of believers, because that's where God has placed his chosen people, pastors, to minister to us. On most Sundays, Pastor Jeff's up here, our lead pastor, bringing us the word. And Pastor Chris is our worship leader, and he prepares us in a time of worship to God before we hear God's word. And Pastor Brian, who's with our youth, 
those in junior high and senior high, at that impressionable age, he's making a difference. And Pastor Rob, with our children, planting seeds of God in them. And Pastor Mary, who oversees us as a church and our finances and makes sure that the money that's given here is used in the most honorable way to God. And Pastor Tia, who has many, many things that she does here. She coordinates the blood drives that are here that are so important to our community. And she has her own prison ministry that is so much appreciated. But this gathering is different. We gather for a lot of things. We can gather at work. But work is different gathering. We gather for work mainly to do our job so we get a paycheck so we can support ourselves. But maybe we should, this church should act like how we feel about sporting events. We're in the midst of college football season. And some people love that and they, they'll go to great lengths to go to a game. They buy tickets and they spend the whole day there. And once you've went to the game, you go to the game and you're walking in and people are tailgating all over the place and you're walking by and you hear, Go Blue! And if you're in a Spartan Stadium, you hear, Go Blue! No, okay. <laughs> but you get into the game and you're engaged, you're, you're going at it, you're yelling and screaming, you're engaged in every play and you're on, on the, just the cusp of everything at, when you're at the game. And you look around in the stadium and you're like, We're all here for one purpose. That's to have our team win. We're going to root them on to victory. And when the game's over, you leave. And then when you go home, you're in the car, or when you get back home, you rehash the game like, man, that was a great catch. I couldn't believe that. And, oh, he made the field goal to win the game. wonder if we were that excited about church, that we got here on Sunday morning and people were tailgating in the parking lot, and they're flipping their breakfast sandwiches, and you walk by and they say, Go, Jesus! And we walk into the building And we're engaged. It's time to worship. And we're worshiping with everything we have. And we're singing loud. Then the pastor gets up to preach. And we hang on the word because it's the word of God he's given us. When the service is over, we go home or we're in the car and we rehash that. We say, man, that song spoke to me. When the pastor said this, man, it just came alive. We should be excited about church. This gathering that we have. In Hebrews 10, 23 through 25, it says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as it is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more to see the day drawing near. We should be here. We encourage each other. We show love. We inspire each other. We're here for God, but God uses this gathering to inspire us through word, through music. I have to tell you, I have a, I have a condition, actually two conditions. The first one is I have FOMO. Who knows what FOMO is? Yeah, it's not a real condition, folks. Relax. It stands for fear of missing out. I have that every Sunday here. I don't want to miss because it's a unique service that God's here doing what God's going to do, and I don't want to miss it. I want to see what God's going to do. I want to feel what he's going to do. I also have another condition I told you. F-O-M-D. It was just texted me after the first service, so it's a brand-new diagnosis. 
That stands for fear of missing donuts. How many miss the donuts here? Yeah. In the normal times, when it's normal here back in Sickle Hall, between services we have donuts. You can grab a donut and get some coffee and sit there and mingle with people and develop friendships and deepen friendships. It was a great time, and someday we'll be back to there. There was one Sunday I was going back to, to get a donut. And I walked into Sickle Hall, and I saw our dear Saint Norma Krantz sitting there. And so I, I looked at her, and she just did not have her normal Norma face on. I said, Norma, how you doing? And she immediately said, not very good. So I sat down, and we talked. A little months earlier, Norma had lost her husband, Roy. And that day was just a tough day for Norma for whatever reason. It was just a tough day. So I sat down and I shared a story or two that I had about Roy and brought a smile to her face. And we talked and I assured her that she was valuable to this church and she was loved and we'd do anything we could to help her. You know, I never got a donut that day. But I know why I was there. I was there for God to have me sit down and talk to my dear friend Norma. Now, I didn't give her any biblical knowledge. I didn't have no revelation from God for her. I had two ears and a heart that told me to sit down and talk to Norma. It was a few months after that I came in one Sunday, and I said hi to a few people, and I saw Norma again across in the narthex, and we made eye contact. And again, she didn't have her normal Norma face on. And she started to walk towards me. And I thought, "Uh uh-oh. What did I do? Did I offend this lady? And she walks up to me and she says, what's wrong? Now, in my first story, when I asked that of Norma, she immediately told me it wasn't a good day, but I'm not that kind of saint. I brushed it off. I'm nothing. And she said, no, something's wrong. And I don't need to know what it is, but I'm going to pray for you. And she gave me words of encouragement that day. And there was something wrong. I was carrying a burden. And God let me know immediately that day. The reason I was there in church was for God to work through Norma to talk to me. And that's what the church does. That's why we're here. We're here for one another in this gathering where God can move amongst us individually to share his thoughts and words with us at times, to be loved for one another. This church offers so much from us or to us, the instruction that we get on Sundays as we come here and the the time we spend learning of God. In 2 Timothy 3 and 16 and 17, it says, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, excuse me, for reproof and for correction and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Because I know that each Sunday, whenever one of our pastors get up, gets up here, they have spent time with God. And God has laid something on their heart to share with us. And they've looked at the Scripture. And they've pulled out what God's wanted them to have as a backdrop for what they're going to tell us. And I see no difference for me. In the Old Testament, Moses went up to the mountaintop and he met with God. When he came back down, the Israelites wanted to know, what did God tell you, tell us? And, and Moses told them, That's no different. When our pastors get up here, they're relaying what God has put on their heart. No different to me. Now Moses, he could have went to each individual person and told them or had little groups that he went to and told, but 
there may have been a million or two million Israelites there at the time. So God deemed best that there's times when the gathering is the place where he wants one person, his elected person, to come and speak to the masses. And that's what Sundays are here. And Moses did that in the Old Testament. Jesus did it in the New Testament. There were times he spoke to the masses. There were times he individually was with people, but he spoke to the masses. They didn't have Instagram and Twitter and Facebook back then, no social media to get it out. They spoke to the masses when it was appropriate to do so. And God is working here in this church through this crazy time we've lived in, in 2020. We've had visitors come into this church that now call North Avenue home. Hey, you got to give me some here now. I'll tell you, I'm really committed at this part of the, the service, so if you don't participate, it's going to get really awkward because I'm just going to stand here. So, Again, new people have come and have called this place home. We've had God work individually through all of us to keep our finances up. Do you know that this church is in the black financially right now? In a time... In a time where people have lost jobs, maybe been cut in hours, been laid off, the people of this church have let God use them to be faithful in their tithes so this church can carry on the mission that God wants us to do. That is amazing. And next month we're going to have a harvest offering here. And all the money collected is going to go against the mortgage because during this crazy 2020 Our lending company let us not pay the interest on our mortgage for a while so we could be sustainable. Well, we want to get that and pay it back so we can go down the road and get this mortgage paid off in approximately seven to eight years. No debt here. And I think, yeah, that's something to clap about. If you got faith, I think God's going to do something prior to that. I think he's got something big planned for our church. But one individual has stepped up. And said they'll match $10,000 that comes in. One individual. God's moving. God is alive and moving here. And we need to be a part of that. That should be exciting. That's better than a touchdown. It's better than any of that stuff. We need to be excited about what goes on here because this church offers us so much. We got classes to attend for Sunday school and Old Testament, New Testament classes and small groups and Awana. We got all sorts of stuff that goes on here. In Proverbs 27, 17, it says, Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. When we come here and we learn, we get ready to go. We get built up. We get our, we get our calling done here and we go out to the world and we show it because each of us, have a calling. Each and every one of us, God's made us individually for his purpose, that you're the only one who can do what God has designed to be done. In 1 Peter 4.10, it says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. And I can tell you this, in private and in a board meeting, I've heard Pastor Jeff say he would never stand in the way of anybody who feels led by God to do a ministry here. He knows he's the lead pastor, but he knows he can't do it all and he shouldn't do it all. He wants to equip us and let God work through us so we can do the ministries that God has planned for us to do. 
And he'd mentioned in a sermon series, I believe it was just love, that this church, when we meet on Sundays, that's our practice ground. That's where we come, we get built up, and then we go out into the world and we show and live Jesus to them. It's a place here at church where we are witnesses for God. Think about a criminal trial. If you're called to be a, a witness, the side that calls you, you're their star. They, they want you to show and tell what you heard and saw. and They're nice to you. They lead you down that path to bolster their case. But then the other side has their opportunity to cross-examine. And they come in and they say, you sure you saw that? What was the lighting like? They may attack your character. No different here. This is our nice place where we like each other. We're all going on that same path and we build each other up. And then we go out into the world where we get the cross-examination. and say, oh, you're a Christian. Well, I saw you do this. I saw you say that. They attack us. They may attack our faith. This helps us. It builds us up so when we go out there, if we get attacked, we still love and we still show Jesus to them. It's been an amazing thing that the church has done. Amazing thing. In Matthew 3, 14 and uh, through 16, it says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Again, if the church or the people inside the church being led by God to do his will, that's us, and that's also the church. A.W. Tozer said, We are not to look like or act like other people. Rather, we are to look like Christ. We are to act like Christ. We are to do the things that Christ would do in the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. The church should be this light on a hill, the safe place that people come as the world beats them up. They come here. They hear the truth spoke. They see love. They feel love from those that are here. The church has been here for a long, long time, and it's going to be here for as long as God says it's going to be here. It's a piece of the puzzle for us that we have this piece of the puzzle of church and there's different puzzle pieces that go right around it that connect. And that's our journey as Christians. It's a big jigsaw puzzle we put together. You know, in the last month or so, Sue Dencham posted a picture on Facebook. It was a completed jigsaw puzzle. And I commented on it because my mom loved to do jigsaw puzzles. So she would usually do thousand-piece puzzles and dump them out on the table, get it all ready, set the box up so you can see the picture, and then go at it. And so there'd be times where we'd walk by in the evening and nobody would be doing it, but we'd stop at the table and we'd look and we'd maybe put a couple pieces together and, and go on with our night. Then there were times where me and my younger brother, my mom and dad would sit down and we would sit there for half hour, hour, whatever, and we'd try to put the puzzle together. And I found out putting the puzzle together, if you take your thumb and you press really hard, you can put a puzzle piece in, <laughs> right? But it doesn't belong there, Right? I'm sorry, Mom, because I blamed it on my younger brother, but it was me. I'm sorry. But my mom would eventually figure out that I didn't go there and take it apart, and we'd continue on and eventually get the puzzle. But that's our lives here. we got pieces to the puzzle that we need to put into the right places. 
And there's nothing in this puzzle piece that we can replace. And nothing can replace the time that you spend alone with God. The time that you set aside where you're alone and the rush of the world is no longer in your ears. And you pray and you talk to God and you wait for Him and wait to hear and see His peace fall upon you. Nothing can replace that. Nothing can replace reading and studying your Bible. Nothing. As you read that and you start to see in, in the time and the culture in which it was said and how it's relevant today and how the words now seem to make sense to you, there's nothing that compares to that. And there's nothing that replaces serving in the church. Because when you serve in the church here, you're going to go out and serve in the community. And nothing replaces that because we're all gifted. We all have gifts and talents. And when you come in here, you bless us when you come in with your talents and your gifts. And then we get with you and we go out into the world and make a difference, a positive difference for Christ. And nothing replaces corporate worship. Nothing. This gathering that we have, nothing replaces that. We close down earlier in the year, like a lot of businesses and places did. And when we opened back up, people came, and some people are still coming in today for the first time. And I'm usually out in the parking lot greeting people when you come in, and I heard the same theme over and over and over again as I was out there. The first one was people who came back just said, I miss the people. I miss seeing my friends and those people of God that are so important in my life. I miss them. And the second thing they had said is they missed the music, being in a live worship. They missed it. They missed hearing that and being part of a live worship service. And they also said they missed hearing the Word of God preached live, where they could look around and they could see others with like-minded belief and all of us being lifted up together in that strength, what is known as the church. They missed it. Now, there's various reasons why you may miss a Sunday here. You may work. You may be out of town. Maybe you're just not comfortable yet coming back. And I'm glad that we have a live stream that goes out. So you can stay connected, that you can watch live and see the people here and be involved in worship. It's a great thing that has happened that we can do. You know, Wendy and I at times are apart. We're in a different city. We're not in the, in the same city. And when that happens, we stay connected. We can text each other or call each other or FaceTime. And it's real time. So we're not missing a beat. It's pretty good. It was better than when we were in college in two different colleges. Because how many remember out there there was such thing called long-distance phone calls that charged you more probably in our mortgage to call out of your city or whatever. So we were two broke college kids. We had no money. So what'd we do? We wrote letters. How many know what a letter is even today? (laughs) Right? We wrote letters. And so when I go to my mailbox at college and I'd open it up and I'd see her handwriting, I'd get all excited, go back to my room and tear it open and read it. But when I read it, it was two, three, four-day-old news. But it's the best we could do. And when we miss here on a Sunday... If you don't watch it live, you can watch it later in the day or the next day. It's archived there, and you can watch it anytime you want. But as much as when Wendy and I are apart, that's great that we can stay connected. But nothing replaces being in the same room with my wife. 
nothing. When she's right there, I'm in her presence. There's nothing that replaces that. In this gathering, nothing can replace. God designed it for the strength and encouragement of us and the ability for God to speak to us in one gathered place. And we look forward to the time where we can all be back together, together again because we're all pieces of the puzzle here at North Avenue, every one of us. And it's not complete if we're not here. And as I stand here today, I look out, and we're all creatures of habit, and we usually set in the same places. So as I look at some places that you're not there, you're missed. You're missed by especially the pastors. When it first started out, we are doing live stream, and only the pastors were in the building. And so some people came in, and they, they brought pictures of themselves, and they set them in the pews and beanie babies and stuff. So the pastors had something to really look at besides a blank pew. But they missed. They missed the people because they're called to minister to people, not pictures and beanie babies. And they missed that. And when you're not here, you're missed. But until that day that we can be together again, the church is here for you in whatever capacity you need. If your capacity is you want to be here live and be in the live service, 9.30 and 11 o'clock on Sundays, we're here. If not, it's live streamed, and you can watch it at that time. You can watch it later. We're going to be here on Wednesday at noon for a prayer service that's live, or you can watch it later. There's other social media platforms that will be used for the youth group and Awana and children's ministry. But the church is here for you, to minister to you. And I'm so thankful for our pastors in this crazy 2020 that they adapted to a time they never could have imagined that would happen, that they were never taught in a, in a classroom, that they adapted and they did ministry in a different way than they ever thought they would. And they're still adapting today and they're, they're here for you and me. Erica and the band's going to come back up and they're going to play an ending song. Then at the end, we're going to have the pastors come up front here and we're going to pray for them and have a prayer over them. So as the band comes back up, I want to lead you with a, a quote from Paul David Tripp that says, Corporate worship is a regular, gracious reminder that it's not about you. You've been born into a life that is a celebration of another. We're here in a gathered place to strengthen each other, to love each other, to let God move in our presence. And as much as we honor our pastors today, the reason we come on Sundays because it's a celebration of another. As we worship one last time, uh, if you have a pastor near you and you feel comfortable, you can either go towards them uh, and put your hand towards them um, or just at any time during this song, if you want to um, reach out and show your support, you certainly are uh, encouraged to do so. Um, these words are straight from Scripture, and when we get to the amen, it's for us to say, I agree. Yep, let it be so. Join us today. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord 
gracious to you, the Lord turned his face toward you and give you peace. Amen, 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 amen.
like to ask the pastors if they'll come up and they can line up and spread out here in front. And if your spouses are with you or family, bring them up as well. In normal times, we'd come up and lay hands on them. But today, we're going to just reach our hands out. And if you're watching at home, it may seem weird, but you can reach your hand toward the device you're watching on. And we're going to pray for our pastors, for strength from God and his leading and blessing. So pray with me. And if you can, just take a outstretched hand here. God, we thank you for these men and women who heard a call from you, and they did not run. They answered it. They said yes. And Lord, you placed them here to lead us and to be a piece of that puzzle in our life. How they lead and model for us your love. And they speak truth to us and guide us. Lord, I pray that they feel the love from us today, that we appreciate them and we love them. But most of all, Lord, I pray that now you would give them a sense of that you're here with them, that you've chosen them and give them affirmation of their calling right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray for an affirmation to their calling. Lord, you've equipped them in a unique way to lead in their areas of ministry. Lord, give them the confidence and the boldness to follow you wherever you lead. And Lord, in turn, they lead us, your church, this gathering. Lord, we love each one of them. We're so thankful for them. We ask for a hand of protection. them That you would not let Satan put any doubt in their mind to their calling and to the work they do for you. Lord, bless them and bless their families. Lord, we love them and we know they've answered a call for you and you have great things planned for them. We ask this all in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And as we leave today, if you haven't already, if you get a chance to Greet them. Greet them out in the narthex. Send them a text, a car, a vacation package, whatever you feel appropriate to send them. But show them that you love them and you appreciate them. Have a great week and God bless you.